I just always felt like that was the biggest compliment I could have ever received was it just someone telling me that sees that many humans that care enough about their animals to bring them there that she still hadn't seen a stronger relationship than what she had seen with Bella and I. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, author and veteran Rob Kugler discusses his book, A Dog Named Beautiful, his special dog, Bella, and the relationship that reminds us we really do save each other. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. We welcome suggestions for topics and guests. The only way we know what topics and guests you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share Dog Words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content. At Rosie Fund, we encourage you to make a difference in a shelter dog's life. You can do just that by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. Use the link in the episode description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. We are grateful to alternative string duo, The Wires, for allowing us to share their wonderful music with you on each episode of Dog Words. Like many musicians, they are finding creative ways to reach their audience. Their 2020-2021 underground virtual concert series features performances and storytelling from mysterious and historical sites around Kansas City. Purchase a single concert for $15 or buy the series ticket for $60 and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Trust me, that's a tremendous value, and you'll be supporting local musicians. Learn more at the link in the episode description. Next time on Dog Words, Katie Harris shares how her life with a service dog has led her to empower and educate others through Moxie's mission. The mission of Rosie Fund is to help provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today's guest on Dog Words, all the way from Washington State, is Rob Kugler, author of A Dog Named Beautiful. Welcome to the show, Rob. Hey, thanks for having me. My wife, Dawn, is Director of Programming at the Woodneath Branch of Mid-Continent Library in Kansas City, Missouri, and the cover of your book caught her attention, and then she was reading the, The Dust Jacket, and my wife and I are from Nebraska, and it talks about you splitting time between the Pacific Northwest and Nebraska, and so she's even more intrigued and told me, this might be a good guest for the show, and even if he isn't, it looks like an interesting book to read. So I read the book, and I'm not even through the first page, and I know I'm going to reach out to you to be a guest. We had to have you on the show. So thank you so much for agreeing to do the interview. I want to be careful in talking about the book because I don't want to give anything away that would keep someone from reading the book. Understood. I want them to learn about you and Bella for themselves, but Bella is Italian for beautiful. So Bella the dog is the beautiful book cover, and there's just a little bit of your head 
down in the corner, <laughs> which no one notices anyway because they're looking at her beautiful mug. Yeah. What's your elevator pitch or what do you tell someone when they say, oh, you wrote a book. What's it about, Rob? You know, I, I actually have a, <laughs> a hard time with the elevator pitch because it's like, well, I mean, how much time you got? Mm-hmm. We definitely cover a lot of ground in there. Um, I wrote a book. I can and, just tell you the whole book. But I can, I can, yeah, exactly. But I can tell you that I've realized that when someone says, oh, it's about, you know, travels around the country with his dog. You know, I'm like, well, there's there's a lot more than that, you know, um, a little bit. Yeah. And so I feel like the easiest way to say it you know, in that elevator pitch mentality is that it's a lot about how the relationship that I had with Bella helped me heal through one of the hardest times in my life and finding out that uh, she had a, a time limit on her life allowed myself to make the decision that I wanted to spend as much time with her as I could before she was gone. And we learned a lot of lessons along our journey and met a lot of really great people and built a lot of faith in humanity as well as um, understanding the power of the connectedness that a dog can bring in between humans, like more than even our own relationship, but the relationships that were fostered through the common connection of unconditional love from and for a dog. You talk several times about the relationships that you have with people that you only know for a few hours and then the trust they put in you pretty much because they trust Bella, that they're judging you. This is a seal of approval. This is the blue check mark Mm -hmm. is Bella. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that too was, I felt as if more than just Bella, it was our relationship that they trusted. Like one of my friends reading the book, when I asked him, you know, I was sending it out before it was published for like some critiques and whatnot. And I'll never forget this, but he said that he loved that the relationship between us became in his mind, a character itself. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty powerful because I do believe that she really brought the best out of me. And that's one of the reasons I loved having her and being with her and having her with me is that, I just always felt like I was the best version of myself when she was with me. Dogs can do that for us if we let them. And it's critical, I think, that you elaborated on what I said about her being the seal of approval. It's not just that she was present, that people go, this guy has a dog and this dog seems cool, that they can see how you act because there are people who I judge negatively by the way they interact with the dog. You can see that this relationship is not a good one and it is not the Mm -hmm. dog's fault. Right. It reflects on, on the person. Yeah. I've even noticed, you know, I have since brought more dogs into my life and, and I feel uh, when, when people see us, they still can tell that we do really well with each other and and get along really well. But I have border collies uh, now and a little, Guadalajara trash can baby, <laughs> um, all rescues, uh, like the, the little one, we don't know what she is. She's literally a, a mutt that was found in a dumpster outside of Guadalajara and three dogs. Like I still get compliments or whatever, you know, like still people say, Hey, you do great with them. But the amount of attention and the amount of like, I'm trying to think of, of the best way to say it, but I feel like I, I'm not as good with 
the border collies as I am, you know, because I have to, you know, there's like selective listening mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, they're kind of prey driven or early movement driven. And so like they want to take off more and so high energy that I do realize how much that Bella herself and even just being a lab was a part of that relationship. You know, just the fact of who she was. Yeah. Reading this book will remind dog owners that each dog is unique. And I've known many dogs and loved many dogs that it would not have been this experience. Your road trip would not have been as meaningful that she's not just a, uh, trying to think of the right way to put it. She, it, it wasn't just, oh, so I'm on a road trip and the dog is the catalyst for this personal growth. It had to be this dog. It had to be Bella. You couldn't have just said, I need to just unplug from the world and get away. So I'm just going to go to the shelter and grab a dog and we're going to do this. Right. <laughs> Would not have turned out the same way. And you talk yeah. about the lessons you learn. You're very honest in this book about what you feel are some shortcomings that you have and some areas that you need to improve on and addressing those. So you are very open about the lessons you learn, but I think even more importantly, you hold a mirror up to the reader for us to learn lessons. We don't have to learn the same lessons that you do, but we can still learn lessons about ourselves by getting to join you and Bella on that journey. Well, that's awesome. I mean, I really appreciate that you've you've said that because to me, that's the entire point of sharing. There's definitely the catharsis of getting something out through writing, but most things that are done are done better if they're done with a purpose. And I, I feel like most things is, kind of need a purpose. And to hear that reinforces the fact that there is still a purpose that exists through the sharing of this story. Because I talk about purpose in the book a decent amount. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we found our purpose on the journey, but then years later, sometimes it feels like that that purpose is, has kind of been lost a bit. But that's one beautiful thing about words on a page is that they can continue to serve a purpose beyond the story. The reason that you were on the clock with Bella, and I feel I can share this without giving too much away because it's, it's in the dust jacket, <laughs> is that she was diagnosed with cancer and was just given a few months to live and even to have those few months be relatively pain-free, it was necessary to amputate a leg. Right. Any decision, our dog Peaches, we've talked about this on the show before, she's had two ACL surgeries and those were tough decisions for a senior dog because you're thinking, well, will she recover from this or are we just going to make her miserable for her final months? And she- And there's always a financial factor. Yeah, that's a concern. To actually take a leg when you're trying to decide, and you address this in the book, that there's people who told you, you need to just, just let her go. Put her down. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't make her suffer by taking a leg. You knew better because you knew Bella, and she deserved the chance, which yeah. doesn't guarantee that you do take the leg and she is miserable for a couple weeks, and you realize this was... Uh, a poor outcome, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. the process was wrong just because the outcome was suboptimal. Your process was sound. Your process was, let's give her the best chance and maybe we get a couple more months, but if not, she deserves the chance. And if you can afford to give her the chance, do it. 
And lo and behold, she, she gives you more than yeah, three and, months. And that's, oh, yeah, she did. And I'm glad that you brought up those words in that term. Just like you said, you said letting her go and putting her down. And those can be on the opposite side of the spectrum because letting is a passive thing and putting is an active thing. Mm-hmm. And at the time, taking that action would have been taking life from her that was obviously still in her body and in her eyes. She was still so spry, even with the limp that had brought us into the vet in the first place that was being treated as a shoulder injury. There's the life that was in her was so obvious that putting her down was a very aggressive action Uh to her life versus removing her leg, which we did do and became the best decision that I've ever made. Um, I think in almost anything in life. Um, And there wasn't even any time that she was miserable. She came out, she stood up on her own and came out to me and leaned into me as if she was thanking me for removing that pain Mm -hmm. and brought her home. And the very next day, the hardest part about her recovery time was actually reminding her that she, you know, has a chest and back full of staples. Yeah. I was like, slow slow down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because immediately she was just on it. You know, she's like chasing bugs and like she loved to catch flies and pin them against the window. And, and, uh, that would just be like her own mission and she was unstoppable. And yeah, so it ended up being the best decision, but I, I, I always like to just focus on that part because so many people were saying, let her go. And I was like, but if I don't take the leg and don't do anything, then however long of life that she's going to live is going to be extremely painful because this uh, osteosarcoma is extremely painful. That's why the options were take the leg or you should put her down because the pain is so great that uh, you shouldn't have her suffer through it. I agree with your process and there's no guarantees, but focus on the process and not the outcomes because you can't control the outcome. Only thing you can control is your process. Exactly. So that's a lesson from the book. Of course. And then you didn't stop there. You didn't say, I'm going to let you live. I'm going to let you survive. You made the choice that together we're going to thrive. We're going to make these months the best. And uh, we won't get into how you ended up on the road trip, just that that was a possibility that we should do a road trip. Mm-hmm. which then becomes this glorious journey. It's a travel log. This book is so many things. It's a self-help book. It's a travel log. It's a story of a man and his dog. It's a buddy book. Um, yeah. It's a yeah. story about life. And I've been to many of the places that you reference and just picturing you in Savannah in Forsyth Square with mm-hmm. Savannah College of Art and Design students and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and Bella and then Estes Park and all over and of course all the places you reference in Nebraska it's just a beautiful story and it's true it's all true it doesn't read like someone's journal that you were just tracking here's what happened every day it's right. a narrative to follow that i try to get through books if i'm going to have someone on the show i try to get through it in as few sittings as possible so i get the purest reaction to it 
I don't want to be interrupted with, I read a chapter and then I watched some movie about something else. And then I had this blur in my head. It's like, right. well, what was the book and what was on the office rerun? Oh, uh, right, right. I had to put this down so many times to compose myself. And that's not often a compliment to a book that I had to put it down many times. I mean that as the highest compliment. This is not a book that you're going to read to someone out loud because they won't be able to understand you half the time. You'll be blubbering. <laughs> the voice is cracking. Yeah. Uh, it'll get really I dusty did. in the room. If you have allergies, you'll have a lot of trouble. But you do need to read this book. You owe it to yourself to read this book. What kind of reaction have you gotten from certainly reviewers, but just strangers or friends and family in addition to those who got to read the galley of the book? Yeah, you know, there's always some of the negatives out there. You know, some people just wanted to read a story about a dog and <laughs> just wanted me to get out of the way, mm -hmm. uh, which I totally understand. And I actually battled with that a little bit myself in the process because I wanted to write more about Bella, but I, I was uh, actually had a collaborative writer, Marcus Brotherton, very talented man. He's written several bestsellers and, and uh, we battled at times of, I was like, hey, I, I just want to write more about Bella. You know, it's like, well, we need more of you in here. And so that was the thing I was the most nervous about was there's a lot of personal stuff that gets put out into the world. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was nervous about that. And like I said, the, the few that were like, yeah, we didn't want, want to hear about any of that. A few people have said some really, I don't, I don't cause even saying it sounds like, I don't know what the word would be like. Well, it would be as if uh, the last dance documentary on ESPN about the final Oh, Chicago beautiful. Bulls season with Michael Jordan. Yeah, it amazing. Would, would be, okay, this is featuring Michael Jordan, but there's a little too much basketball. Can we dial back <laughs> the basketball and just make this about Jordan? Right. The most important right. thing in Bella's life was you. <laughs> to dial back the Rob in the book about Bella would not be an honest book about Bella. Right. And that's, that's one of the things that I thought of is that I'm working on uh, starting some more things about Bella. And, and I'm really trying to get a, a children's book series started where she's the main character. But I totally understand that point, too, because one thing that is interesting about if you really start getting into the animal world and the people in animal world, there's a decent amount of people in the animal world that don't like people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, you know, it's like not a surprise, <laughs> um, but uh, that's why I say like, but you, you know, you need to remember that there's also plenty of animal people as well that are still people, you know, that that community yeah. uh, exists. And if this had been, but, a, uh, I think that's a legitimate critique. If a dog named beautiful were a work of fiction and you had created this character that was her owner, someone might say, okay, yeah, I don't think we need this guy so much. Can we scale that back? Yeah. But well, then that changes yeah, who the dog okay. is in that story. You yeah. don't get to change who the dog is in this story because it's a true story. Yeah. That, and that's, so, I, so I'm I, glad you, like, you'd stayed uh, <laughs> true, true to that and, and resisted that urge to have less Rob because we need that to know who Bella is. And we need to know well, how important she is because you talk about how she was in your heart. You were in hers. Yeah. That is one thing that part of that selfishness of our relationship was 
I mean, she loved me more than I've ever felt any type of love before. And it was obvious. And even people commented on that, just seeing our communication mm-hmm. and, and seeing how I didn't give her commands. I, I, <laughs> I spoke more like plain English with her mm-hmm. and it's as if she understood, you know, cause we just had that connection and I felt like it was a really huge compliment at, at uh, CSU, Colorado State University when we were there, when cancer had come back towards the end and one of the doctors there actually mentioned that they hadn't seen a connection between a dog and a, and a owner. I don't like that word, but and then, yeah. And I used that earlier, even though in the book you describe how the relationship is as of a companion. And I get that, yeah. that my wife and I, we don't feel like peaches is the dog that we own. She's this mm-hmm. roommate we have who <laughs> never right. pays her share of the rent. Yeah, I know. I, I I joke about that too. I was like, "Are any of you guys going to go pick up the poop?" I mean, this is ridiculous over here. Mm-hmm. You know, like we got to do something. Yeah, like, we got to pay for these this dog boot over do here. Do something. Clear the but driveway I, when it snows. Pull, pull your yeah. weight a little bit. Yeah, and you know, and I honestly that that uh, comment there at uh, at Colorado State University. There, I mean, there's just so many constantly dog owners uh, and pet owners coming through. They're one of the best teaching hospitals, uh, veterinary hospitals in in the country, and people fly from all over the world to have their dogs treated there or their animals. Excuse me, they you know they do um, come the gambit, but I just always felt like that was the biggest compliment I could have ever received. Was it just someone telling me that sees that many humans that care enough about their animals to bring them there that she still hadn't seen a stronger relationship than what she'd seen with Bella and I, and um, that just meant the world yeah. to me because it, yeah, and, and, and it, reading about it, it in the, yeah, reading about it in the book, it doesn't seem like uh, false bravado. I don't know if that's the right, it, it's, it's, it's genuine that the way you describe the relationship, it's not as if you're trying to pump it up as more than what it is. Because it, it's, again, it's genuine, it's sweet, and it's something that even if someone who has a beloved pet doesn't have the exact same relationship they can identify with the relationship that you describe in the book, and again, people, you just need to read the book. The only complaint <laughs> that I had about the book, yeah. so you knew we were going to get to complaints. Yeah, there, enough pictures. There's three pages of pictures. But, well, four pages of pictures, but you have a website with lots of pictures. After you read the book, people, then go to the website and see the pictures. You have pictures beyond just those of Bella. There's lots of prints. You can buy prints. But just to see Bella in all the different places that you talk about, well, not all of them, but a lot of them, and and getting to see her after you read the book, it's... uh, rklifeillustrated.com as in Rob Kugler lifeillustrated.com rklifeillustrated.com a link to that will be in the description of this episode people need to check that out and just to to keep up with you anything else going on that people need to know about Rob Kugler so at the end of the journey there's a little happy ending you know so everybody that if you're picking up a dog book everybody's got to know that most likely it's a sad ending Mm -hmm. and 
at the beginning of the book, you the know, dog's not going to become president. <laughs> exactly. Or get a recording right. contract. Yeah, yeah. But there's an entire chapter after she's gone. Might be even two if I look back at it. But I meet someone at the end of the book, and it's been four years ago since the story was finished. And the person that I met is uh, now my wife, and we have a three-month-old baby girl together and three rescue doggos that uh, are running amok. There's definitely hope at the end. I'm still trying to figure out what comes next. I'm going back to school right now, uh, WSU for communications. So trying to figure out where I'm going to go, if I can find ways to write and continue to make uh, a living. But it's, it's definitely changed in the terms of, it was a lot easier to to do the thing as I was doing with Bella when it was just her and I, mm-hmm. and then, but you know, some responsibilities have found their way into life. So that journey is still unfolding. Yeah. I just thought it would be worth. Do you ever noting. feel, feel like that chance meeting that has led to the family you have now? Mm-hmm. How much do you feel that was a gift from Bella? A hundred percent. I do. Um, would not have happened without her. You know, No, not at all. And we've been able to do some really good things through social media as well, as far as like raising money for other causes. I haven't done it in a while because once you start opening that door, then all of a sudden there's requests that come in for GoFundMes that are like personal type stuff. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of the people that are donating are from the same people. And I'm trying not to overwhelm people, Mm -hmm. but. And we have that with Rosie Fund that, uh, yeah, you get requests that will break your heart but are not consistent with the mission of Rosie Fund is I would love to help you, right, but right. these funds are for these dogs. Exactly, right. And, and uh, that's where I, I have, I've created a fund in Bella's name, and a team Bella is the fund, and I feel like 100% she was giving me a gift of purpose beyond her life. And there have been people that have, have reached out with words that are almost hard to hear in in how much the book meant to them. And I've had people say that this book has even uh, saved their life, which kind of is almost hard to take because it feels uh, it's almost overwhelming to hear something like that. And it's almost pressure on you. That's a lot of responsibility. What if I hadn't written the book? What if I'd written it differently? Right. What if I hadn't taken this trip with Bella? It also feels like a duty to continue to share and to do so in a way because it feels like, okay, so something that has been shared in here has done this. And I'm also, because I'm not very good at promoting the book, I feel like, because it just feels like, uh, since there is so much about me in there, promoting it. You talk about how hard it is for you to talk about your successes. Hmm. And, (laughs) and completing a book, let alone a wonderful book is something you deservedly should be proud of. And it may feel like bragging to say, I wrote this book. This is what this book is about. But bottom line is this is something you did and you should be proud of it. And it's not only something good, it's doing something good. And thank you. And if it gets more people to realize it's okay to talk about your success, especially when it inspires others to better themselves or to raise their goals. And uh, there's almost a stigma in society about bragging or talking about your successes that, oh, just 
you know, be be dismissive of, oh, no, it wasn't that big a deal. It was a big deal. And that's a good thing. And that's, again, and to, to hear things like that, because there's, I've, I've had people that have uh, said they've changed their outlook on life. And, you know, uh, actually a friend of mine who, I, even though I've known her for years, it wasn't until after she read the book that then she actually, she quit her job after 15 years of working and chose a different field. She went from like dental assisting towards, um, working with troubled youth. And she said it was my book that was the catalyst of that shift. And so like, and that's not even dog related. That's Mm -hmm. just a human, what am I doing with my life related thing? Which is why I talk about how people will learn their own lesson from the book. The lesson from this book isn't take your dog and go see the world. The lesson in the book is, are you the person you want to be? And are you living today with purpose? Right. Yeah. And then that's, I thought the book would be, like I said, so we know that the book, it does have that purpose on its own, but then it does kind of feel like it's a little bit of a distant thing. Cause it's easy when I'm on the road and going to different places and going to different towns and saying, Hey, here we are. And I've got the dogs with me and to feel again, uh, a mission and purpose, but then doing so, at home and, and feeling like, okay, I've got, you know, my wife and our baby girl. So I'm, I'm trying to learn to still practice what I preach in the terms of not falling into all those societal norms. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time, being a good husband and father and uh, doing what I can to provide for my family and to make sure that we are safe and secure. And there's a lot of words of wisdom that I believe are easier to spew out when you're a solo guy with your dog alongside of you kind of yeah you know, feeling like you're exploring in the world. And I would still love to continue to put out those messages, but then live them along the way in this new chapter. There's nothing that you write in the book that suggests it's easy. (laughs) Right. But that doesn't make it any less necessary or fulfilling. But uh, it's just a matter of sorting out priorities. Yeah. Yeah, man, exactly. And then... I often think of, though I want to provide for my daughter, I also think of, I still want to live the, an authentic life that I set the example for what the lessons that I would like to teach my daughter, you know? So mm-hmm. I think I'm on the right path. Like I said, going back to school and everything, I think I'm on the right path, but it, it's still, the journey is still upon us. I have made some friendships from this. Like <laughs> I have a baby's blanket in my room from a reader he reached out to me and sent me pictures of his labs and told stories about the times that they had journeyed together in their vehicle. There's so many commonalities to um, people that have what, you know, like a soul dog, Mm -hmm. a dog that is a piece of their heart. And when they leave, they take a piece of it with them. But I like to think that, you know, she lives there and it might've cracked a little bit, but she's still in there. I admire the way you're honoring her memory, and the book is is a must-read for not just dog lovers, but anyone who wants to do just a little introspection. I think this book will, will help you with that, and maybe you'll come to a different place than Rob. You'll learn different lessons, but you'll have the opportunity to look at the world, look at yourself, and also be reminded that dogs are 
better than we deserve. No, they are a, a definite gift, you know, and I believe that um, they are a teacher in so many ways. One of the things that I think of is that never once did Bella ever complain. She had a lot of reasons to, I believe, as far as her illness and missing an entire limb that's used to mm-hmm. walk on. That you wake yeah. up and it's gone. Yeah, right. You know, because that was always the thing that I was nervous pre-surgery for. There's a decent amount of people that have reached out on social media and were like, how did you know it was time? Or how, how could you make the decision to take her leg? And I just, again, said it in my experience. I was like, you know, for one, tripods, uh, T-R-I-P-A-W-D, I found a group on Facebook that actually shared a lot of stories. It was mostly osteosarcoma as well that had taken their dog's legs, but there were people that, you know, car accidents as well, amongst other things. And seeing that community helped me make that decision myself. Kind of validated what your process was. Yeah, showing that dogs are resilient and they can be happy on three legs. And Parquet Dog Bar is the big dog park here in Kansas City. And there's been multiple times. It's wonderful. But there's been multiple times where I've seen Peaches playing with a dog. And it's only after a few minutes of them playing that I realize that other dog only has three legs. Right. And And it takes you a while to notice. Yeah. I mentioned that actually in in the book that though it was the thing that signaled the beginning of the end, that removing of her leg and and then the cancer, it also became one of the most endearing parts about her because people already loved her just for being a beautiful lab, healthy looking with a, I mean, just a, a sheen in her chocolate coat that reflected the sun in a way that caught your eye. But then once she became three-legged, she was hopping on that leg and her ears would flop up in the air in a way that they never had before. And she always wore what looked like a smile on her face. And to see that, to see her on those three legs everywhere we went just brought forth smiles because that was part of that purpose. Is like when she was alive, that purpose was so much easier to see to feel because just having her in other people's presence brought out um, smiles and, and, and joy everywhere we went. It highlights how superficial we are as humans in what we think defines us, that you have oh, this, right. yeah, yeah. This, this dog that it's not the same dog. If you take the leg, how can you take the leg? Right. It's, yeah. it's the same kind of spirit, the same en- energy. Her attributes change, but she doesn't change. She's still beautiful Bella. Right. She and didn't let it define her. That's right. And that's where those lessons are, you know, for ourselves. It's just like you said, it's so easy to also complain, you know, not only just worry about what we may physically look like, but then complain about an illness or, or use it as a crutch to not do things or to fall under the victim mentality. And again, just so resilient. And she was happy even the night that she, she ended up passing away in the morning, but the night up until then she was still trying to chase geese and just run around. And that's how I want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go out riding tail. Yeah. Focusing on what you have and can do and mm-hmm. your belief in yourself and not let something external like someone else's perception of you or their expectations determine who you are. Exactly. Rob, thank you so much for writing this book. 
And I hope all our listeners get a copy of this book. There will be a link to your website, which then also has your social media links for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook or, or at rklifeillustrated.com. So that link will be in uh, the episode description. And I hope I get to talk to you again soon, Rob. Anytime. I was really honored to be here, Phil. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Rob Kugler for sharing the story of Bella. At rklifeillustrated.com, you'll find pictures from their journey, and you can order A Dog Named Beautiful in print or get the audiobook. There's also a print edition in German. The website link is in the description. Next time on Dog Words, Katie Harris shares how her life with a service dog has led her to empower and educate others through Moxie's mission. Make a difference in a shelter dog's life by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. The link is in the episode description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Use the link in the episode description to see their 2020-2021 underground virtual concert series schedule. Purchase a single concert or buy the series ticket and receive a digital download of their holiday album. As always, please download, subscribe, rate, and share Dogwords. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dogwords podcast. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. And remember, we save each other.